Thank you for joining us on the Waymaker Church podcast today. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and makes a way for the new and deeper with Jesus Christ in your life. Enjoy. Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1. The gospel of Mark is written with urgency. There is no Old Testament genealogies that set the, the text up. There's not a chapter about the Bethlehem birth narrative. Mark just goes right into the action. We're introduced to Jesus right at the, at the, the, the threshold of his earthly ministry. He starts in the first verse and he just says, Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of God. And he just goes after it. He just jumps right into it. And we get to verse 9 where it's Jesus's baptism And I want this to set up what we're going to talk about today, because as you know, this is the year family, and we're talking about the foundations of God's family. And in the first week of this series, we looked at the fact that God is building a family, and he has been since the beginning. He wants to invite you and me into this family, and he wants us to be inviters. And last week, Tanner taught us about what is God's name. His name is Yahweh. And, and, you know, we, we have settled on the generic word for God and, and we've capitalized it with G, but his name is Yahweh. And, and, and Tanner walked us through Exodus and, and, and taught us that, that God continues to say his name throughout the Old Testament through the prophets, the poets, and the patriarchs, that he is a God of compassion, forgiveness, mercy, and justice. And that's what he wants his family to be about. He is a father. Today, we're going to look, though, at a very powerful moment in human history and eternity, and it is the moment that he introduces his son. Verse 9, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. There's a lot in that one sentence. Who is John? John here is John the Baptist. You ever get one of those save the date? Cards in the mail, somebody you know is getting married, save the date. You may or may not be invited, but save the date. I got one of those this weekend. I was excited. Maybe my invitation will come in a couple months, but I'm going to save the date. Yes. John the Baptist was save the date. Hey, the invitation's coming. Get ready. Get focused. Save the date. And so John the Baptist makes the way as the prophecies of Isaiah and throughout the Old Testament. It, someone is going to make the way and there is Jesus stepping into the Jordan River. And this was so intentional, y'all, that it's the Jordan River, the same river that generations before Joshua led the promised land generation out of wilderness across the Jordan into the land that they were promised by their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who he said he would bless and make into a blessed nation. And there, they're crossing that river. And generations later, the fulfillment of God's design that his one and only son would step into that same river and would be a new and greater Joshua to usher in a new and greater Israel. And who is that new and greater Israel? It is the church, y'all. That's you and me. Look to the person beside you and say, you are new and greater. Come on, tell them that. Yes. 
Yes, you're not that old. You are the new and the greater Israel. You are the church. You are God's family. And so why does Jesus need to get baptized? Jesus never sinned. He was the perfect man wrapped in flesh, led by the Spirit of God, the divine Son who became the human Jesus. Why does he need to get baptized? Because his baptism is symbolic and representative of ours. When Jesus went under that water in the Jordan that day, he was saying, forthcoming, the family of God will go under the water, symbolic of sin, evil, and death being done away with. It is gone. Come on. And coming up out of that water, Jesus was saying, I will be resurrected, and I will be the resurrection and the life, and the forthcoming church, the new and greater Israel, the family of God that is now and eternal, they will be resurrected and they will be resurrected people walking in a dead and dark world to bring light to it. That's you and me, y'all. Right there. First verse. And you know who you are by who Jesus is. I'm ready, y'all. Verse 10, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. So you have the son and you have the spirit, two parts of the Holy Trinity. Now, some of you are new to church and you're new to the Bible and you're like, what in the world is the Trinity? I've heard of that. I saw the matrix. What is that? All right. Some of you got that. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son. Now you have the Father. You have the Trinity full right there in its function and its representation in this one scene. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Right there, Jesus is declared in that moment and he is affirmed. The Spirit points to Jesus and says he is who he says he is, and God says he is my son. The spirit points to Jesus. Jesus points to the father. The father points back to the spirit. Woo. Yes, the function and the representation of the Holy Trinity saying, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And guess what? He is symbolically showing us who we are to the father, that we are his family in whom he is well pleased. Why? Because Jesus came to be the illustration of Yahweh's heart, the invitation into Yahweh's family, and the transformation into the love and the light and the leadership of Yahweh in this world in whom he loves. That's who you and I are. If you woke up today and thought, man, I'm just a plumber, a baker, a candlestick maker, I'm telling you right now, you are the family of God and you are a baker who is baking up heaven every day. Come on. Yeah, somebody got it. So, why Jesus Jesus is Yahweh's divine son who illustrates, invites, and transforms us into his eternal family. My son Chase almost drowned three times. Yes, some of you are going to turn me into social services. 
So what were you, what were you doing? Where, where were you? Where were you? I was there. He was two or three years old. He was swimming with swimmies. We went in for lunch. He took the swimmies off. We came back out to the pool where we were vacationing. He didn't worry about the swimmies. He's just jumped in and plunged to the bottom. He was ready to get baptized at three. I didn't even flinch. I jumped into the water with my clothes on. Didn't even, didn't even get into my swimsuit. Just jumped into the water, pulled him up out of the water and onto the bank. And, and he played keys today in Midway. He's alive, if you're wondering. Yes. Oh, is that him? Chase, how you doing, buddy? Okay, maybe that was Chase. Where are you, Chase? Chase, stand up. He's alive and well. Come on, y'all. Yes. Yes. Jesus got in the water with us because we thought swimmies would save us. Yeah, oh, yeah, come on. Swimmies don't save us. We need Jesus to come and rescue us from ourselves. We cannot be good enough. We cannot be smart enough. We cannot be religious enough to get our stuff together. But God so loved us so much that he said, I will send my son Jesus to illustrate my heart. And my heart is not one that wants to condemn you. Your sin condemns you. I've come to set you free, to forgive you. And I'm sending my son Jesus to illustrate my heart, to show you what it looks like in human form. He is my invitation into my family. He is going to pay the price for your invitation into my family. His broken body, his blood on a cross is your invitation. He is the atonement of your sin and mine. And what is our job? simply to believe and to repent. And he has transformation. And so what do we see? We see throughout the gospel of Mark chapter one, these different scenes. And I wanna look at them. I wanna tell you a little bit about uh, what happened in my house two weeks ago. My wife, something just clicked. And she said, it's time that we clean this house. We have two children who have gotten married and left our house, and there's been a decade worth of stuff that we've collected. She started with her closet, and if she hadn't looked at it or seen it in six months, it was gone. And I'm telling you, I made more trips to Bedford County Landfill and the dump and Goodwill. They, I was on a first-name basis with them. You know that guy with the beard at the, at the forest dump, looks like Gandalf? He's just like, come on, man, just, just bring it on. Just bring, I don't know what you got now. For two days, I was hauling stuff from the attic all the way to the basement and everywhere in between. And finally, the last day, we come down to this laundry basket of socks. And I'm not talking about pairs of socks. I'm talking about socks that are orphaned. They don't have their twin and they have been collected. What has happened to these other socks? Does this happen to you in your home? You have one sock. It's like, where could this socks, sock have gone? Do, are there elves that come in and steal the socks? And, and I don't know what it is. Are they all collected in some corner in the house? Are they up in the attic? 
it came down to a basket of single socks. And she looks at my son Chase and I and she says, hey, you either have to find the other one or these are gone. And so we had to throw away single socks. Now, some of you are like, I could never bring myself to do that. Just let it go. Just let it go. Here's the deal, though. We collect things in our mind over time. And neurologist and neuroscientist and researcher, a guy named Dr. Charles Stone, he talks about how as we live and as we age, we have to get rid of some memories from our past in order to make room for new ones. And so things get thrown to goodwill in our minds. Things get put in the landfill in our minds so that we can now have new memories that are vivid because the old ones have to go. And somehow, some way, our conscience together with, I would say, the Holy Spirit, chooses what they are. Sometimes it's just subconscious. We don't know. Why is it that I can't remember my third grade teacher's name, Mrs. Winbush, by the way? I couldn't tell you a thing that she taught me, but I could tell you that she caught me forging my mom's name on my homework, yes, and sent me to the principal's office. I can tell you that much. Anything else that year? I cannot tell you. Why? Because we collect things in our memories and then we let things go. The same thing is true about our ideas of Jesus. Some of you grew up in church and you collected ideas about who Jesus is based on the stories and the scriptures and based upon interactions and maybe even the traditions and the preferences of your church. What happens though is Sometimes we never question those models. We never go back and go, hey, was that, was that real? Were, were there really two animals that went into Noah's Ark two at a time? I, I don't know. What, was, what, what, what were those bricks like at Babel? And by the way, Jesus. And so what we do is we form models. Because we collect thoughts and memories over time, we have to attach ourselves to simplified models. We do this politically. We do this socially. We do this spiritually. You don't have time to be a sociologist and a theologian and a philosopher. And so what you do is you say, that makes the most sense to me. And anything that theologian says, you say, that's my model. Anything that political party says, we say, that's my political party. Never mind the contradictions and never mind, I don't know how I feel about that, but that's what they think and that's what I think. And on and on it goes. Sometimes we imagine Jesus as a stained glass icon. You went into that cathedral, you went into that church, you grew up and there was that picture of Jesus, this epic figure in human spiritual history. And what happens is you say, that is who Jesus is. He is this epic cosmic savior. And what happens is that we can never see him as bringing the closeness and the compassion of Yahweh because he is a world religion founder. He is not relational. Somebody else 
may have said, no, that's not my model that I grew up with or that's not the model that I have sort of attached myself and my memories to. I I like Jesus the life coach, Jesus the success coach. This Jesus is always on tap for me to give me spiritual advice and quote cliches and give me little tidbits of scripture. They're kind of sometimes out of context to fit my success journey. This Jesus always wants me to be successful and fulfilled and here we go, comfortable. Hmm. And some of us have made that Jesus our model. And when anything disrupts that, when anything challenges that, we think that's not who Jesus is. Here's the challenge. Success coach Coach Jesus doesn't illustrate Yahweh's call to embrace suffering and mission. What happens when we have created that model or attached ourselves to that? What happens when we go through the valley of the shadow of death? All of a sudden, we lose our faith. Jesus as the hell insurance salesman. Hello? I'm here to tell you that Yahweh is pissed. Did he just say that in church? It's okay. And he is so angry, he has condemned you. Here's the good news. Oh, yes. I'm going to save you. It's free. Okay. Free, maybe. Is it free? It's free, maybe. What do you mean? Well, it's free. Maybe if you are good enough and if you are smart enough, you will not burn. You will turn. It's free. Maybe. And some of you grew up with hell insurance Jesus, that he simply came to give you and me some hell insurance But as far as being changed and transformed by Yahweh and invited into his family, it's just, whew, man, by the skin of my teeth, God is angry. He's sending everybody to hell, but Jesus gave me the insurance I needed. And what is this life about? It's about turning and not burning. Here's a challenge. Hell insurance, Jesus doesn't transform us into Yahweh's character and freedom. Some of you grew up with people who were not going to go to hell when they died, but they were a living hell in your life. Somebody just passed out. Mm Mm-hmm. Stained glass, Jesus. Success coach, Jesus. Hell insurance, Jesus, are models that our culture collects, even the church. Here's the challenge. Cultural narratives and cultural models often reduce and distort the gospel to powerless religion. Did Jesus come to found a global movement? Yes, but not a religion. Did Jesus come to personally show us how to live the best life possible? Yes, including suffering. Did Jesus rescue us from an eternity separated from a holy God, absolutely, but he also transforms our life here and now to be the love, to be the light, to be the leadership of a holy God who loves this world. He wants us to go to our neighbors and he wants us to go to the nations with that love and that light. 
Yeah, some of you say, I don't know about that. Well, let's jump into Mark's gospel a little bit more. Verse 12, he jumps right after baptism into the next scene. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. As he was in the wilderness 40 days, Jesus did not eat for 40 days. Jesus was baptized, my son whom I'm well pleased, and the Spirit that ascended upon Jesus says, now go be tested, go be tempted, go be tried. Well, there goes personal success. Jesus, walking and embracing trial, tribulation, and temptation. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was tempted three times. Uh, In other gospels, it talks about how he was tempted. He was tempted by pride. He was tempted by religion. He was tempted by self-centeredness. And each time he was tempted, he responds with the word of God. He responds because the word of God and the spirit of God are all over him and in him. And he shows us an illustration of what it looks like to be a believer and follower of Jesus in the wilderness. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. He got through the wilderness and he was transformed and he was ready to go. Here's what we have to see, and this is big, this is big, y'all, that Jesus is Yahweh's transformational power and presence through wilderness trials. Jesus did not come to say to those who believe him, hey, you get a pass from suffering, you get a pass from pain, you get a pass from temptation and trial. No, he says, you live in the same broken world that I came to rescue with the same broken systems and the same broken relationships. Here's the difference. I'm going to give you the power and the presence of God to not only get through them, but be changed by them. And oh, by the way, help some other people through their wilderness too. Yeah, somebody got blessed? Mm, mm. If you're watching online, I want you to comment on that because I believe that someone who's watching right now is walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you are about to give up on life. And I wanna tell you that you tuned in right now to know that God is ministering to you in his spirit and his word and he is illustrating it through his son Jesus who walked this planet and said, I will not only not avoid suffering, I'll walk into it with you and for you. Come on. Jesus is Yahweh's transformational power and presence through wilderness. I want to ask you a question because here's the deal. I know some of you are so far in your faith. You're thinking, man, I've been having revival week for months. I'm glad everybody else is catching up with me. I'm glad you're here today. Some of you have been studying the Bible. You're, you're, you're going your third time through uh, this year reading through the Bible, and it's only the third week in January. You've read through the Bible three times already. Hallelujah. I'm glad that you're here today. You could preach this and teach this in Greek, Hebrew, and Latin, and then speak in tongues and interpret it yourself. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm glad that you're here. So if you're a person here today and you're like, hey, man, like, I get it. Uh, Some people do see Jesus as a stained glass icon and a personal success coach and a devotional, and, and some people just see him as hell insurance, but not me because I am deep 
in my faith. I'm glad that you're here. You pray for us. You pray for us. Here's what I want to ask you, though. Okay, this is, this is just a question for you. Is your family and church always ready to enter and equip others in wilderness trials? I get it. I get it. You know this stuff. You know this stuff. Sometimes you come to church and you're like, oh, I'm here. But question, are you and your family helping other people through wilderness trial? Are you walking through it yourself with the presence and power of Yahweh in the illustration of Jesus? Because listen, you may know this and you may be growing in this, but you need to help other people in it. You need to. Verse 14, still going, still in the next scene. After John was put in prison. Man, are you kidding me? So Jesus is baptized. This is my son whom I'm well pleased. Oh, now go through trial and temptation. Now go through suffering and, 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 and loss. Go 40 days without eating. He comes up out of the wilderness. He was ministered to by angels. And what happens? He finds out just a season later that his cousin John, whom we already mentioned was the one who baptized him in the scene before, is now put in prison and John would die in prison. Jesus, what does he do? Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near Repent and believe the good news. What does he say? The family of God is being formed. God is on the move. His son is here to tell the world, starting with you, that his power, his presence, he is inviting you and anyone who would repent and believe into an eternal family right here and right now. Jesus is the visible illustration of Yahweh's character and closeness. His character. When Jesus healed people, when Jesus raised the dead, when Jesus was patient in even his rebuke, he was illustrating the character of God. Remember, Yahweh is compassionate. He is just. He is forgiving. He is merciful. Man. And when Jesus walked this earth as the divine son, named Jesus, he illustrates the character and the closeness that God wants to have with you. He doesn't want us to see him entombed in stained glass. He wants us to see him right in the thick of it, right there in our house. He's jumping into the pool to rescue us. Question, is regular repentance and belief in Jesus one of your family's visible virtues? 
Let's say you, you, you believe that. You believe that Jesus is the, the visible illustration of Yahweh's character and closeness. Great, awesome, wonderful. You could preach this, you could teach this, and you could do it vividly, and you could tell stories, and that's awesome. Let me ask you this. Are you the chief repentance officer in your home? Are, are you the one who, when the family gathers, you're, you're quick to say, hey, I just want to let you guys know that there are some things in my life that I've brought into the last season of our life. It's pride and it's fear, and I know it's caused some hurt in our family. Would you, would you all forgive me? I know God has forgiven me. I've asked his forgiveness, but would you all forgive me? Wow, what would happen? If this is the year of family, we've got to go beyond just knowing that Jesus is Yahweh's character and closeness illustrated. We have to realize that he is more than just the invitation of salvation, that he's also the invitation of transformation. What would happen if fathers and grandfathers were willing to say, I am going to walk through the wilderness and I'm not going to give up on my faith and I'm not going to give up on this family. Why? Because the Jesus I believe in walked through a wilderness too. I'm not going to give up on my faith. I'm not going to give up on my family. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here, right now. It's in this family. It's an Abigail story. It's in the stories that we're going to hear throughout this, this week and throughout this next season of our church. I believe that God is on the move and he is saying in a new and greater way, my family must expand and I'm going to use you and your stories as I bring you through the wilderness and as I bring purpose in your pain, as I bring light from the darkness of your life, as I bring healing out of your life, I'm going to use you as an instrument of light and healing to other people. As Jesus, verse 16, walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. So you check out the sequence here, okay? Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. Very intentional. The new and greater Joshua ushering in the new and greater Israel. Then, then, then the spirit leads him into wilderness, the valley of the shadow of death, right? Where he's tempted, he's tried, he's tested. And he's ministered to by the power and presence of Yahweh as the son of God. I mean, all kinds of things happening here. Out of that, he walks out of the wilderness into finding out that his cousin who baptized him is now in prison and he knows that that is the end of his life. And in that, he begins to proclaim the kingdom of God, the family of God is now. Remember, John was to save the date. Jesus is the invitation. God is on the move. And I believe this, Waymaker Church, that's exactly what he's saying to us at the threshold of this moment. In this church, in this house, in this week, that the kingdom of God, the family of God is at hand 
God wants our neighbors and he wants the nations to hear that he is forgiving, that he's merciful, that he's just, that he is on the move, that he loves this world so much that he gave his son Jesus to eliminate sin, evil, and death to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And we can walk in the faith, the hope, and the love of that today and for the rest of eternity. Come on. Mm. Mm. Jesus is Yahweh's invitation into his eternal redemption, relationship, and mission. Look what he does. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Come, follow me. Come, follow me. Not come, follow me, and I'll give you heavy rules and regulation. It's not come, follow me, and we'll dress up the old law and put it on you with some new packaging. Come, follow me, and I'll show you this new way that's really just self-centered Mumbo jumbo. No, none of that. Come follow me because the kingdom of God is at hand. God is doing what he can only do for you and rescue you from sin, evil, and death. And oh, by the way, I'm going to show you after you understand your own redemption and your own healing, I'm going to show you the mission of Yahweh, and that is to go tell the world and start with your neighbors. And he starts with these two men, Simon and Andrew. At once, they left their nets and followed him. I can't wait, y'all, to see today and throughout the rest of this week for people to hear Jesus's call, come follow me, repent and believe. And we're going to see that happen. And you know what else we're going to see happen? Those same people who come to repent and believe and follow Jesus are going to bring their friends and their neighbors. It happened this morning. Happened this morning. A lady introduces me. Hey, I want you to meet my friends. I want you to meet your friends. I invited them to church today. They, they came into my place of business, and, and I said, uh, oh, awesome, you guys just moved to the area. You need to come to church with me on Sunday. Well, I don't know. We need to get a baby. You don't need a babysitter. Just come with me. I wonder what's going to happen this week when you and I, as followers of Jesus, say to our neighbors and to the nations, God's family is expanding and Jesus is the invitation, the illustration, and the transformation of God in this world. And it starts with you and me. Would you stand with me? Jesus is Yahweh's invitation into his eternal redemption, relationship, and mission. Would you just bow your heads for just a second? I want you to pray for people right now in this room who have not taken the step to believe in and follow Jesus. I want you to pray for them. If you're that person today and you just say, hey, yeah, I, I believe and follow Jesus, son. Okay, great. I want you right now interceding for people who have not. And I want to speak into this uh, for those of you who came here and, and maybe you're new to church and you've never heard the good news of Jesus. You've seen Jesus as stained glass icon. You've seen Jesus as just some fluffy personal life coach. You've seen Jesus just as hell insurance and nothing more. I'm here to tell you today, God had an appointment for you to be here, to hear that Jesus is Yahweh. He is God's son who is illustrating the heart of God for you. He loves 
you. He's crazy about you. He's not ashamed of you. He's not rejecting you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He knows that sin has condemned you. He hasn't condemned you. Sin has condemned you. Evil is all around you at the gate trying to consume you. Death is trying to intimidate you. And I'm here to say to you, you need to know that Jesus is God's way of saying sin is forgiven, evil is defeated, and death has no hold on you. And if you're ready today, as he said to those men 2,000 years ago, and as he, he said to so many people in this room, come follow me, come follow me, believe and repent. Come follow me, believe and repent. For the kingdom of, repent. Change the way that you think about your life. If that's you, I just want you in your own words right now, You can declare this out loud or you can declare this in your heart or you can declare it in a whisper. Heavenly Father, today I give you rule of my life and my soul and my mind. You are God and I am not. In your own words, just tell him that. Just say, I want, I want you to have my adoration and my allegiance. If you're watching online, just right where you are, just if you're at a couch, just kneel right where you are. If you're at a, at a kitchen table, just bow your head right now and just declare this. In the same breath, just say, Heavenly Father, today, I accept your son Jesus as my Savior, as my Redeemer of all my sins. Today, I believe that his death on a cross is atonement for my sin, all of it. And you let that atonement, that forgiveness just wash over you right now. All that anger and all that bitterness, all that sin that has been committed to you and, 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 and at you and, and by you, all of it is getting redeemed right now. God is going to heal you from the power of sin through the forgiveness of Jesus. Just declare that I believe today. And in that same breath, just say, Heavenly Father, I invite your Holy Spirit in to transform me from the inside out. You say that in your own words. Be my guide through doubt through wilderness be my guide as I declare the good news to my friends and my neighbors be my guide when my spiritual enemy comes and tries to defeat me put chains back on me just receive the Holy Spirit and here's what's happening the Holy Spirit is now connecting dots in your mind he's taking you back to memories in your childhood and young adulthood and he's saying that's redeemed that's redeemed that's redeemed that's redeemed I don't hold your past against you I don't hold what you did last night against you you are redeemed you're changed you are free 
And the Holy Spirit is helping the Word of God and the Son of God be vividly clear in your mind going through each stage of your life. And He's bringing it all into this moment. If you made your Heavenly Father your allegiance and your adoration, your God, not you. If you accepted Jesus as his son and your savior, and if you have asked the Holy Spirit to transform your life from the inside out, I want you just to raise your hand right now, just boldly in this room, just boldly raise your hand. Just raise your hand, just say, today is the day. I'm gonna declare this before man. What's happened in my heart, I'm gonna declare it right now. Just raise your hand boldly. Just to say, you know what, today, if you're online, just tell us online that today you became a believer and you became a follower of Jesus Christ. Declare it right now, boldly. Today, today is the day I step in new faith. Okay, here's what I want us to do. I make a church. I want you tonight to invite some people that you know who may be in a wilderness season. They may be in a season of pain and suffering. To say, hey, we'll pick you up. Come come tonight. If you know somebody who's far from God, resisting and rebelling against God, bring them tonight. I believe that God has an appointment for you and your friend, your neighbor, your family member to hear a word that's gonna speak into a season their life that God is on the move that his kingdom is at hand and that your friend your friend your neighbor your family member is being invited here's what I want you to do three things three things first I want you and me to follow Jesus into wilderness transformation today some of you need to come down here and you need to just say I'm in a wilderness season and I need this church to get around me and we're going to pray for you don't even wait for me to finish just come down here and we're going to we're going to pray for you if there's people with you that came with you just say would you come down and pray with me I want you if you need to take holy communion to go to either side here to take the body and the blood of Jesus maybe it's been weeks maybe it's been months since you've broken the bread that's the broken body of Jesus to do what Jesus said remember remember what I've done for you maybe it's been weeks maybe it's been seasons maybe it's been years since you took the cup of salvation the blood of Christ and, and, and remembered what he said if that's you don't even wait for me to finish just just go take your family if you're a father if you're a mother and your children are here just say you know what kids we're gonna go we're gonna go right now this house this is gonna be a house that remembers what Jesus has done for me we are not gonna just go to church and we're not gonna sing some songs and hear a half-decent sermon and then just get to La Carreta. No, no, no. We are going to be a family that steps into the family of God and accepts the mission of God. And we're gonna remember what his son Jesus did for us so that we can walk in new and greater levels of faith, hope, and love. That's this family. That's this house. That's who we are. And Waymaker Church, that's what makes up this house, y'all. That's what makes up this house. Don't even wait for me to finish. You just go, lead your family. If you're in a wilderness season though, and you need this church to get around you, I just want you to come down here and let us pray for you. Let us pray for you right now. We're gonna pray for you. Thanks for your obedience. Follow Jesus into Yahweh's presence. I believe some of you 
know the word of God backwards and forwards, but you would not know an encounter with the holy God if it smacked you in the face. Right now, just say, Jesus, I want to experience the presence and the power of God in my life like never before. And whatever the request, the answer is yes. And you live in the courage of that yes. And he may ask you to walk across the room and confess sin. He may ask you to get in your car and go drive to your ex-wife's house and say, I want you to know that I'm sorry for how I treated you all of those years. I don't know what he's going to ask. He may ask you to just, just come down here and start confessing sin. He may ask you to just walk across the room and lay hands on somebody and say, hey, I could be wrong, but I believe God wants me to pray healing over your life. Waymaker Church. This is 2022. This is the year of family. We step in boldly to be the family of God. He has given you authority. He has given you permission. And finally, follow Jesus into Yahweh's mission. I think you get it. That you just, not just haven't been redeemed and rescued from sin, evil, and death to just raise a hallelujah and just walk through this life and think, oh, wow, that's great. I don't go to hell when I die. I get to go to heaven. Oh, this is great. You know, Jesus is going to help me with some, with some verses and some scripture to make me feel good when I'm feeling so bad. No, no, no. That he has put you and I on a mission to our neighbors and to the nations. And if you know in your heart that God is calling you into greater levels of that, man, just get to your knees or get to this, this altar here or, or just, just sit where you are and just say, God, the answer is yes. If you want me to call my sister, I will. If you want me to, to call my dad, I will. If you want me to text my, my coworker, I will. I, God, whatever you want me to do, the answer is yes. And I'm telling you, Something's going to break out in that yes. Not only in your life, but in this world. If you know some people who've come down here for prayer, just walk down here with them. Don't wait. Don't wait. Just if your heart is beating fast, come forward right now. We're going to sing this song and let it be our praise offering to the Lord. If you have nothing else to do right now, just let these words from this song be an anthem of what God is doing in your life right now. Let's sing. Let's respond. Thank you for joining us. And a special thank you to those of you who give generously to Waymaker Church. It is because of you that our ministry is possible. Visit waymaker.church to give now. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe. You can also share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Now go make a way.